Good morning. Welcome to the 30-Day Healthy and Happy Challenge. The 30-Day Challenge is designed to develop essential habits that will improve your health and happiness. Log in at solanofit.com with your email address to get your 30-day calendar. Today is day 17. Are you ready? You are now listening to the Solano Fit Podcast, featuring fitness to change your life and inspiration to live your best. Here's your host, O. Johnson. Zeus, Poseidon, Set, Osiris, Cronus, Hydra, Odin. What do all these names have in common? They are the gods and monsters from ancient Egyptian, Norse, and Greek mythology. But today we're talking current mythology, because there are tons of monstrous myths roaming around the gym population's collective consciousness. That's right, there are a bunch of fitness myths that many new and old exercisers still hold on to. But for today... A brief countdown of the top three. Myth number three. No pain, no gain. Ah, the fitness meme. This is the idea that if you're not hurting, you're not improving. Now, I've learned this one the hard way. I had some fitness routines that were legendary. I'm talking Jerry Rice legendary. And because I was young and dumb, I ran myself into the ground. Now, at the time, I didn't understand core strength or the concept of rest. And I paid for it with surgeries, crutches, and time off. Pain is incredibly instructive, if you're paying attention. For the general workout, it doesn't make sense to push yourself so hard that you need three days to recover. Nor does it make sense to get hurt and then be off your workout, derailing all of your progress. Now I understand this more than most. Professional athletes of all kinds risk injury and even long-term health for that million-dollar contract. But even that is unsustainable. But some weekend warriors go out and kill themselves doing the same thing, because this myth, steeped in a lot of machismo and warrior-like culture, i.e. the military, has worked its way into fitness culture. Now, if you're competing or preparing for life-and-death situations, hats off to you, that makes sense. I get it. But if you're not, you might want to consider relaxing. Now, please don't get me wrong. I'm all for discomfort within reason and depending on your goal or your timetable. But for health and happiness, your workout needs to be sustainable over time. Myth number two. You can target your fat burn. This is the myth that you can reduce excess fat in a particular region of your body by exercising that region. You see it all the time on magazine covers. People say they're going to do crunches or use an ab machine to lower stomach fat, or they're going to do tricep extensions to get rid of the fat underneath their arms. Or the most popular one is when folks grab hold of their love handles and shake them and ask you, what exercises do I need to do to get rid of this? The truth is, outside of liposuction, there is no exercise or fitness activity that can target a fat deposit with the scalpel-like precision you've hoped for. The body expends energy as a complete system unique to your genetic composite. People not only gain weight in different areas and in different rates, but they lose weight from those areas at different rates as well. If you want a hint at what your body will do, look at your parents. Now, exercise is fantastic for muscle development, strength, cognitive well-being, and all the things that really make you happy. Weight loss, however, has more to do with what we eat and how our bodies partition the calories we eat which leads to our last myth, the number one fitness myth. Myth number one, calories in versus calories out. This is the big one. 
Even governmental agencies preach this one. This is the myth that energy balance is the key to weight loss. You've heard it before, I'm sure, that all you have to do to lose weight is expend more calories than you consume, and then voila, you shrink. The first law of thermodynamics which states that energy is neither created nor destroyed is often used as rationale for this model. The fitness industry co-opted this idea and began teaching it, for obvious reasons, that exercise could effectively burn off the energy or the calories you've eaten. Now, I don't have a problem with this law. It's the application to weight loss and the overemphasis of what exercise can do that's the problem. Firstly, you'll never burn off the calories you eat. The calories you expend during a workout will never match the calories you put in your mouth. One Snickers bar is like 215 calories. If you Google how long it will take you to burn off those calories, it's like the length of an entire workout. It's nowhere near practical. You've seen the memes of how many burpees you'd have to do to burn off this meal or that meal, or you've heard people say that they work out to eat whatever they want. And that's cute, but it's not even close to accurate. It's more than just calories. It's hormones. In his book, Why We Get Fat, award-winning scientific investigative journalist Gary Taubes explains that we get fat not because of an energy imbalance, but because of a hormonal one. Hormones directly control how, when, and where we gain weight, and where it comes off. More than that, hormones control our insulin response, and some bodies are better at it than others. Some bodies are incredibly efficient at regulating the amount of glucose in our blood system, while others, not so much. What causes a spike in insulin? Carbs. Carbs are what make us fat. That is to say, that if you are larger than you want to be, your hormonal algorithm may be sensitive to the carbs, sugars, and refined flour in your diet. So if you're drinking high fructose corn syrups, fruit juice, sodas, sweet teas, if you're sensitive to these bad carbs, you need to acknowledge it and stop eating or drinking them. It's not too different from smoking and lung cancer. Not everyone who smokes gets lung cancer, just like not everyone who eats carbs gets fat. But if you do get lung cancer, chances are you've smoked. And I know that I've oversimplified this, but essentially your hormones control your insulin response. So the short of it is, lower your risk of excess weight gain, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes by lowering your carb and sugar intake. Calories in versus calories out is a myth because it suggests that you have more control of your calorie outage than you realistically do. And it puts the blame squarely on the balance between those calories. Now, what you can consciously control are the types of calories you ingest. In addition, this myth is particularly destructive because it suggests that fatness is akin to laziness, while thinness is a proxy for health, beauty, intelligence, and work ethic. Yes, being lazy, eating carbs and sugar is bad for your health no matter what your current size, and it's bound to make your current condition worse. But a lot of thin people are lazy overeaters too. But you never know it. This one goes down a rabbit hole, but we'll dive into that another time. I hope this has been helpful and encouraging. Separating fact from fiction will not only vanquish these monstrous myths from your mind, but hopefully activate a lot more self-compassion for yourself as you grow through this process. Okay, that's it for today. See you tomorrow.